Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blue Oval Podcast. My name is Garrett Zatlin. Uh, no Ben today on this very awesome, exciting bonus episode that we have for you guys today. Uh, just know that this episode is exactly that, a bonus episode. We will still have our regular podcast likely coming out tomorrow if you're listening to this on uh, June 6th. But uh, we've got a really exciting interview today. We have the Justin Knight, uh, former multi-time NCAA champion, uh, Olympian, world championship qualifier, and just a flat-out great human being. Awesome dude. He sat down to speak with us about some of the regional meets, national meets, and then just some fun things on the back end of this podcast. You may notice a little bit of background um, noise that goes on throughout the audio. It's only in intermittent spurts. I think there was some uh, construction that he was kind of uh, working around uh, on his side. But nonetheless, great interview, great time with Justin. Sincerely, one of the nicest, coolest guys you'll ever meet. And uh, yeah, that's it. If you haven't already, uh, make sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And until next episode, I'll talk to you then. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Blue Oval Podcast. If you're listening to this, you're likely just hearing my voice. Uh, ben is not able to make it today, but we do have another very, very special guest here today. Uh, this man needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one. He's a 25-year-old from Canada, has personal best of 333 in the 1500 meters, 744 in the 3K, 1251 in the 5000 meters. He's a two-time world champ finalist, a Tokyo Olympic qualifier where he placed seventh overall in the 5,000 meters. He's a cross-country uh, NCAA champion. He's a 5K uh, indoor 5K NCAA champion. See, <laughs> if that's how accomplished that he is, that I can't keep up with it. And he has countless All-American honors. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Justin Knight. Thank you so much for joining, man. Thanks for having me. I think you guys make me sound a lot cooler than I actually am. But <laughs> Justin, you're plenty cool. And at the Stroud Report, everyone um, who is certainly as accomplished as you are is very, very cool in our eyes, especially because <laughs> I sure as hell is not running that fast. So, uh, <laughs> but congratulations on all the success. And Justin, you know, I'm sure with some interviews, you likely talk about some of your pro stuff, some upcoming races. We're a collegiate website. We want to awesome. talk about, yeah, we want to talk about some of the upcoming NCAA championships. We want to talk a little bit about the regional meets as well. Um, so we're going to start there. Let's start about the regional meets. Let's just kind of get a little bit of your analysis on there. The regional meets have historically, or at least from some of the conversations with people and coaches that I've talked to, there's differing levels of emphasis and concern. Some athletes, this is their do or die moment. For other athletes, it's the we just have to kind of get this out of the way. Um, how much emphasis and concern did you ever put into those regional rounds? Did you ever, you know, was there ever something to back your mind? Like I, I actually have to deliver on these rounds if I don't want to go home in a stunning upset. Yeah. I think um, the regional meets like the emphasis on them definitely depends on what type of athlete you are, but it also depends on what race you're in. Uh, for all the regional meets that I participated in, uh, I've only ran the 5k and to my knowledge, like we didn't have any rounds or anything. I think it was just two, two heats. And I don't remember how many people made it. I'm just going to say maybe it was top five in, the, in each heat and next two fastest times. I'm not sure. But mm -hmm. um, I just knew that every time that I went to the race that I was trying to get at least like top three or something in my race and then, uh, you know, take care of itself. So I think, though, when it is for other people like a do or die meet, I do think it makes the race 
a lot more interesting. And like, instead of having a true sit and kick type of race, a lot of people are going to try to push the pace because they're not sure how they want it to play out. So it's kind of, it's an interesting meet for sure. It's definitely a, a little bit more nerve wracking than conference meets. Did, did you ever have any of those moments for, or did you kind of step on the line being like, I, I got this? You know, I, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think back, I, I, I don't remember my freshman year, but I can only imagine my freshman year, I would have been a little bit nervous. But I think after that, um, you know, a big part in track and field and a big part in sports is just having confidence and having faith in yourself. And, you know, you got to trust your training and you have to believe in what you're doing. And um, it, oftentimes, like even as a pro, um, seeing other people's workouts and like their fitness is more accessible than it's ever been. And even me sometimes as a pro, like I'll see stuff that people are doing. And I'm like, whoa, you know, am I even doing that in practice? That's crazy. And then, you know, you line up with them on a race and it's no problem. So I think you just have to have that confidence and not take yourself out of the race based off of, you know, what your opponents are doing. So, you know, I'm asking you to kind of go back pretty far now. Um, <laughs> but I, I did, was curious in terms of asking, um, how much of a factor do you think youth and kind of that underclassman role plays? I'm sure it probably plays a, a much bigger role the higher up in distance you go. Um, at least that's just my theory. But, mm -hmm. you know, e even from early days, you were great pretty much in state one I, I actually remember watching you at Penn State when you broke four um, oh, no before, yeah before you even I can't think got to Syracuse right yeah and, the funny uh, yeah. Well, the funny thing about that race so I was redshirting but uh that was the first mile I ever ran and this this is gonna sound dumb <laughs> I didn't do the math but I had to ask my coach I was like how many laps am I running because I just <laughs> I didn't even know, you know what I mean? I'm coming from Canada, we do kilometers, and I was just so confused. And then when I broke four, you know, everybody was cheering. My other teammate broke four as well. And I was like, yeah, you know, I got, I think I got third in the race. So I wasn't like ecstatic. And then my coach was like, you broke four. Do you know how big that is? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never heard of breaking four to be a big deal because I'm not from America and I right, didn't have that much right. history of running. So that was just, a really interesting race <laughs> to begin with. That's hilarious. And there's a small part of me that's dying right now who would have loved to have ever gotten close to four minutes. So um, and we also had a, a fellow writer, a fellow podcast host, actually, who's not here today, Ben yeah. Weissel. He, uh, he ran 342 last spring, the 1500 meters. Oh, and sick. we're going berserk. But we had like, in America, you, it's just yeah. not, you just don't really have the same perception of what that is compared to the sub Yeah. <laughs> um, but it took him until his senior year to get to that level. Uh, in terms of what you accomplished, you had success right away. What would you attribute that to? Obviously, you were, you know, freakishly talented. But yeah. in, in terms of was it the experience? Was it just comfort? Was it teammates? Was what was it? You know, I definitely I couldn't have done it without my teammates and my coaches. Um, part of the reason why I went to Syracuse is like I was a kid of low mileage. Like when I was in high school, I was running maybe twenty. 25 miles a week at the most and uh when i got to syracuse we ran 30 35 miles a week and um i think just to have a coach that you know wasn't going to just throw me to the wolves and do 60 off the bat was good and i benefited from that but also like i had wonderful teammates like you know martin heher uh some of these names you might not know joe kush adam i do 
<laughs> oh, you do know them. Okay. So Joe, Joe was actually in PA when I was in PA racing. Um, we weren't close. He kicked my butt all the time, but yeah, I, yeah. I do know Joe. Yeah. Joe Chris, you know, we had guys like Andrew Benison, uh, Andrew Palmer, um, Reed Kamishek, like the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Colin Benny, actually my, my teammate in Philo, like they're one year older than me. They played a huge role, but just to be surrounded by good guys and, they took a lot of that stress off me. Like I, I think back to like when I was at the hotel and you know, I'd be nervous. Like they would take my mind off of running. They'd build up my confidence. Joel Hubbard, like Joel Hubbard would always tell me how good he thinks I am and like build up my confidence. So I, I had a whole team from the start that really believed in me. And I think they at least instilled the confidence to make me uh, feel comfortable in going out with like Rob Deneau and Ahmed Bile to break four at that meet. Yeah, that was, I mean, that era was crazy, both for Syracuse and for the time that you were coming up. It was wildly impressive. So um, you were certainly in a very good position. Um, but just flat out question, do you actually like the regional qualifying system in track? Do you like it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> it feels so bad. Like, I never really paid it any attention, you know. Right. Um, I just knew that every race that I went in, um, that I either wanted to get, well, not either. I just wanted to get first. Like every single race that I competed in, the goal was to try to win. And to the kids that might be listening to this, like winning isn't everything, but like that was the mindset that I had in college. So, um, you know, I didn't win every race I was in. I probably lost more times than I won, but um, definitely having that mindset helped me get through to the next round. Understandable. And for yeah. that reason, we will move off of the regional meets. I'm sorry. Um, no, 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 no. And I, I, don't be sorry. I, you know, really? I just, there's only so much that we can say about the regional meets for yeah. someone whose clear emphasis and focus was the NCAA championships. Um, yeah. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. I wish my focus was the NCAA championships. I will say there, there was one regional meet where, if you want to talk about this briefly, there was, I forgot which, there was this incident that happened. I think it was my senior year. And this kid missed his 1500. It, it wasn't my race, but the kid missed his 1500 meter heat. I don't know if it, I think it was partially because like they must have called the wrong heat or something like that, but he ended up missing it. And then, you know, he protested it and then they ended up um, letting him run into a different heat or so, something like that. Right. And he ended up making it or maybe he soloed it. I don't know what he did, but like he ended up making it to NCAAs. And I know a lot of people were upset because technically he shouldn't have made it, but right. it was interesting. I know like that's the type of stuff that people debate about regional meets, but um, that was interesting to see how that played out. Yeah. There was recently a fall in the West region 10 K that didn't send a handful of names. And there was again, similar controversy uh, surrounding that. So there's always something that comes yeah. up. There's always one small thing that comes up. Um, Moving to the NCAA championships, um, you've never attempted a weekend double at the NCAA outdoor championships, but you have at the NCAA indoor championships during the 3K, 5K. Um, how truly challenging is it to double at the national meet, specifically in those distance events? It's tough. It's tough. I mean, unless you're Edward Cheserick, like, <laughs> you know, it's really, really, really tough. And I think um, the reason why I never doubled outdoors at least is because I wanted to win and there's no doubt that I felt like I was capable to win at one 
but running rounds in the 15 i was not going to do the 10k first and foremost <laughs> i think running rounds in the 15 and then coming back to do the five i think it scared me a little bit i didn't know if i was going to be able to pull it off or at least get a gold in both or a gold in one so i ended up just not doubling and i think a lot of people kind of struggle with that in terms of like choosing which one they want to compete in why did you never try the 10k I just, it's too long for me. Yeah. I've ran fair. a 10K before. Like I ran the, I ran the 10K at ACCs. Oh, um, you did. I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah. It's funny though, because I remember my freshman year, um, the outdoor track and field season was about to start. And uh, coach Fox was telling me, oh yeah, we're going to get you running the 10K this year. Cause you know, he's a big cross country guy, big 10K guy. And I was like, 10K, like the furthest I ran, was a 5k and that was at world juniors but prior to that like i was running 3ks in high school and um i was just like i don't want to do a 10k like that's way too long that's boring blah 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 blah. and i remember telling coach i was at the virginia challenge it was my first meet for outdoors and i said can we make a deal like how fast do i have to run in order for me to not have to run a 10k this season and my pr at the time was 347 in the 1500 and he's like well you know if you go sub 340 yeah i won't put you in a 10k and oh my god i <laughs> ran for my life and i ended up running 339 point you know whatever and i was so happy and that's the reason why i never had to run a 10k other than accs well the uh, the 5k has certainly worked out in your favor quite a bit um you know being an olympian and all um, I, I think you made the good move. I'm just going to put that out <laughs> on a whim. So um, in terms of, you know, those actual distance races, though, at the NCAA championships, you know, prior to really 2020, a lot of championship races uh, seem to be fairly tactical. Um, yeah. like, why is that? Because you were in quite a few tactical races. And yeah. did you prefer that style or did you prefer something more all out? Like, what did you prefer and why do you think that is? I mean, I can, the reason for it, and it's, it's nothing against anyone, but like Edward Cheserick, man, we were, everybody in the NCAA was, I wouldn't say scared of him because I'm friends with him. So I, I won't ever say I was right. scared of him, but like, we knew he was the real deal. We knew how talented he was. Ed could win a race if we just jogged the entire time and then ran a, you know, 51 second last 400. And Ed could have won the race if he just went out and tried to run like 1309 or something. It, it was up to Chez. And um, I think the state of the NCAA, like even after he graduated, people looked at me in that way, you know, like, oh, what's Justin doing? Like, da, 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 da. And then after I graduated, you know, people looked at Grant Fisher and Morgan McDonald that. And then, you know, when both of those guys graduated, I think like, I wouldn't say the NCAA was watered down, but I'd say that there were so many guys that were of the same level. And that's where you saw people start to break out into their own because there wasn't one person that was just the guy. And I think it built a lot of confidence in people and it gave people, uh, you know, the encouragement they needed to just kind of trust their bodies and run their race the way that they want to run. So I, I think that's kind of the reason. And for me personally, um, I've always been the type of guy that, you know, I prepare for whatever situation. I don't have a preference in the way I run because, you know, the races are never going to be perfect. Sometimes you'll have a sitting kick race. Sometimes you'll have a race that goes out and 
you know, sub 13, well, as a pro at least, <laughs> sub 13. Right, right. <laughs> but um, you just got to prepare yourself for both, you know, got to sharpen uh, both sides of the stick and just be prepared for anything. So that's kind of what I focus on these days. Well, two notes on that. Um, we're getting into a scary, interesting territory of athletes maybe approaching sub 13 eventually in the next few years. It's yeah. not totally out of the realm of possibility nowadays, and that's the scariest part. Yeah. Um, but I, I, would you also maybe um, argue that it could potentially be due to the influence of maybe certain names like Connor Mance or Wesley Kip to guys who just really liked to go out there and push the pace? Would, would you say that maybe that potentially has any influence? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say so. I mean, I never had the pleasure to race against Wesley Kip too. He, you know, he's amazing. And seeing the way he runs, I want to ask him about the gloves and everything, but yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a phenomenal runner. And same thing with Connor Mance. The only reason why I can't argue the same with Connor is because I've raced Connor a bunch, you know, when we were in college, I've raced him at world juniors and like, I wouldn't say he, he didn't do the same thing, but maybe, you know, I guess he got older and he grew into himself and he's probably a lot stronger than he is now. But I do think that, you know, I'm not saying that they're, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is like, I think there's so many people that are just as talented as each other. So I think they just know that they got to run their own race and see how it plays out. So yeah. totally fair. Totally fair. <laughs> I completely appreciate that. Um, Moving on to just a few more questions we have here. Um, well, just kind of stemming from that, actually, what are your thoughts on everyone just getting faster? I mean, everyone getting faster, what is contributing to it? Like everyone in the NCAA, I mean, records are going down left and right. I mean, it's, you know, what are your just general thoughts? I think it's amazing. I think track and field is bound to happen, you know, world, world records, school records, national records, NCAA records, they're all made to be broken. And I think it's really cool for me to see like a lot of these records that seemed untouchable are just falling left, right and center. Um, you know, I don't, I couldn't tell you what the reason for it is. I'm not, I'm not in college. I'm not, I can't tell you what the secret formula is or what people are doing for workouts or, you know, what it is, but you know, these kids are hungry and it's, it's really cool to see. And as you can see that, as these collegians, well, you're having pros run faster and then you're having collegians running faster. And then you have these high schoolers now running faster. I think like the world is just as track and field athletes. I think it's just going through a time where everybody's getting faster. Um, yeah. I, I think that that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. No, I can totally you appreciate have any thoughts? that. <laughs> um, I, I think it's, and I've said this before on, on the, uh, podcast with Ben. Um, I think it's a combination of a little bit of everything. I think yeah. it's um, an extra year of eligibility. That's, I think, the biggest part. Um, I, yeah. I think that plays a role. I think we'd be, you know, I think shoes play a role. I think yeah. we have to at least acknowledge that a little bit. I'm not saying yeah. entirely. And then maybe, yeah, we're just getting better. That, that well, can also just be a part of it too. You know what? I didn't realize how many super seniors there were until because <laughs> until, everybody looks so young, you know, so I can't really tell, but you know, it, it is interesting to see how many super seniors there are. And, um, but evidently they also push like these freshmen and stuff to run fast as well. And then even on the shoe sides of things and like, you know, everybody's tried the shoes on and worn them. Um, my opinion on that is I don't, I don't necessarily think the shoes make you faster, but the one thing I noticed about them is that 
you don't get lactic. Like your, your legs, your shins, like they don't start to hurt at any point in time during the race. And that was, I think that's a huge factor, especially when you talk to talk about going through heats. I think it makes a huge difference when you're going through heats, but um, yeah, so it's all really interesting stuff. That is a great, 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 great point. I think we don't, that's probably the better description. It's, it's, they don't necessarily make you faster, but the recovery uh, mm. that is associated with that, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. Okay. Excellent. I'm glad <laughs> I'm not totally losing my mind on that. Yeah. Um, who in today's NCAA reminds you of yourself? Is there anyone that you've watched enough where you're just like, oh, this guy kind of like, it kind of reminds me of me. Oh man, there's because I, so... I have a name, by the way. You have a name? I have it, but I want to see who you have first. Oh man. And it's people that are in the NCAA right now. Uh correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and you don't have to have one. You don't have to have one. Pardon? You you don't have to have one. Well, I'm thinking about some names. Um man, oh man. I don't I'm trying to I'm trying to think. Because you know there's there's kids that remind me, hmm, it's just I'm looking for that kid that dominated cross country. Sorry, I'm not to pat myself on the back, but no, does no. cross country, does the 5K, but then also does the 1500, you know? Because I also ran 336 in the 1500 my senior year in that one NCAAs in cross country. So, man, right now I'm trying to you, – you tell me who you think. <laughs> Um, I got one or two names. I think the biggest name, and this is the problem that I had, uh, was the cross country thing. Um, it's Brian Fay of Washington. I think he has scary good speed. He's truly a 5k runner, incredible 5k runner. If he wasn't in this era, he'd be a title winner and, um, his speed is scary good, but he can also do a lot of other things. And I think he's probably better in cross country than his results show, but it's hard to find a match. It's really hard. Cause I was thinking like, well, this guy's graduated, but I was like, oh, Cooper, you know, Cooper kind yeah. of similar to me, but I was like, ah, oh, but cross country, you know, he didn't, he That's didn't right. do anything crazy in cross country, you know, but oh, I don't know. Who's the second I mean, name? Uh, well, in currently in the NCAA, he's more speed based, but his range is insane. And that's Mario Garcia Romo. But again, yeah. talented man. He's so talented. Crazy. <laughs> so, uh, and honestly though, and, and if we, we can talk about this, if you'd like, I, I really can't get past the idea that there's anyone of a better comp than Grant Fisher at every yeah. level. Yep. <laughs> Me and Grant have been like identical. Like, I don't know. He's, and he's a gamer, you know, cause I remember like his time at Stanford, um, you know, oftentimes like he didn't go to Peyton Jordan, at least to my memory, even though it was at Stanford, like he never was in that 5k race to my memory right but like you name it like ncaa's you name like he was always ready to go and always like a contender for a championship and it he would run fast miles he'd run fast 15s fast 5ks now he's a 10k specialist so yeah i, I like grant a lot <laughs> yeah you guys had a handful of matches what was that like going up to the line and being like it's you and me you know and, and a handful of other names but what was that like you know it's interesting because i mean at the end of the day, the type of person that I am, I love, I love making friends, you know, and when I compete against you, like, obviously it's like, you know, I'm trying to win, I'm trying to do my own thing, but 
I never took anything too personally. Like I can see Grant, even to this day, like me and Grant, whenever we see each other at meets, we talk for a little bit, you know, we laugh and stuff, but you know, as soon as the gun goes off, like we're both trying to win the race. And um, I think there's a couple of times, I think the one where Grant won, I actually lost to another guy. I think his name is Jack Bruce, the Arkansas yes. kid. And that comp, well, one, I didn't really think I was supposed to lose that race, but then like, I got thrown off and then Jack went blowing by me. So you can't necessarily focus on just one person. And then even my senior year, I think what happened there was I was so focused on Grant and I was like, okay, make sure that Grant doesn't now kick you. And then Sean McGordy, we just like never caught up to him. So uh, <laughs> it's just really interesting how that stuff plays out. Yeah. You were part of some legendary, legendary races. Um, <laughs> like it, it was never boring. It was always entertaining. And mm -hmm. uh, you guys always put on a show, which, I can appreciate. Um, moving to the actual NCAA championships, though. Yeah. Who are your picks? Who you got? And you know, I don't know how many of the distance events that you might be familiar with, but is there anyone on paper you're like, I like this guy, I like this guy? I like um, I like Adrian. Oh, it's a yeah. wildcat. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've heard three different pronunciations. Okay. <laughs> it sucks. That I'm friends with them, and I saw him a couple weekends ago, so I should have asked him, but. I like Adrian from Florida State. Um, and this is my problem. I don't know who decided on what they're running. Is he running the 10K or is he? He is running the 10K. I believe he's also in the 5K. So Yeah, I think I like him in the 10K mm -hmm. personally. And it, it also depends. I think the 10K is usually first, right? Or Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like him a lot in the 10K. In the 1500, um, you know, I'm picking that Garcia kid. He's talented. Yeah. And I... I know Coach Van Hoy, so, you know, I got to cheer, cheer for the Rebels every now and then. Um, in the 5K. There's is a Yard, lot of guys. Is Yard running the 5K at all? He's not. He... No, he actually didn't advance. Oh, he didn't. So he ran the 339, the 1,500 meters at sound running. That meet technically didn't meet NCAA requirements to advance. He had tweaked his hamstring during that race, and then he couldn't race the ACC, so he was done for the season. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'll stick with Garcia, though, <laughs> for the 1500, especially now. Um, I feel like the 5K, the 5K is very open. Um, it's very open. Correct. I think uh, I'll move to the steeplechase, though. I don't yeah. know if they'll win, but EKU has yeah. two really, really good. I think both of their, I know one's Amin Jaziri. Mm -hmm. I don't know the other kid's name, but. Those yeah. boys are the real deal in the steeple. Yeah, Kadri, uh, he's also having an excellent rise. Um, I have been saying for like a year now that Ahmed Jaziri was going to be like the next best thing. And we mm -hmm. had a whole podcast about it. Ben, I was giving Ben shit. And you yeah. know, there's a, a whole thing about it finally delivering on it. So I'm glad yeah. you said something about Jaziri. Makes yeah. me feel pretty good about it. But yeah, there are um, a lot of guys um, all throughout there. And you picked some, probably what I would say are my title favorites. So Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm glad we're on the same page. Excellent. Um, all right, so we'll wrap up here. I got a few more questions, um, something light and easy. Uh, former teammate, Nathan Henderson, just qualified out of the, uh, the regional yeah. meets. Despite being the 30th seed, what's been the chatter like? What's, what's been that conversation like? You know, I bumped into Nathan uh, twice this year. And, you know, the biggest thing that I've noticed about him is that because we went to school together. He was my teammate. Uh, <laughs> I think he was a freshman when I was a senior. But 
you know, his persona is so different. And I, I'm really, really, really proud of him because, you know, when you see people as freshmen and like you want to encourage them to be the best that they can be. And like also like they're going to be the ones, you know, carrying your school name now, you know, everybody wants their school after they graduate to still be, you know, a powerhouse, as you can say. And, um, you know, Nathan, he was he was very like. Um, he was just kind of like go with the flowish. Like he was a very cool kid, but like he was very mellow. And um, not that there's a problem with being mellow, but he was, um, you just wanted a little bit more fire out of him, right? And, and, or at least a little bit more confidence. I think confidence, he wasn't, he wasn't as confident as he is now. And I knew he was talented when he came to Syracuse. Like there's a couple speed workouts that we do that he would hop in with me. And, you know, he was talented, but I just didn't see that confidence from him. And um, from talking to him, he came to Virginia twice to compete and, you know, seeing how he, you know, used his tactics in those races to run fast times. I was really, really proud of him and even catching up with him, like him talking about his game plan in the year and stuff like that. And you can see that he has a lot more confidence. So I think like heading into things, even though he was ranked 30th, I think internally for him, like he knows what he's capable of and, you know, he, he was able to succeed with it. I love that. Yeah, that's great. He was so... Um, I, uh, wrote for a Pennsylvania high school blog, um, before okay. I did the Strider report and that's where yeah. I you know, grew up in Pennsylvania and, uh, Nathan was obviously a stud. He was incredible and yeah. he was covered. So I had plenty of familiarity with him. So to see him succeed. And especially, like you say, go through that whole process was, uh, that's, it's, it's encouraging. It's hard not yeah. to be a fan of those guys. Yeah. So. He's a good kid. He's a, he's a really, really good kid. And that's the good thing about, you know, when you have guys on your teams, whether they end up being good or not, it's like, you want to be surrounded by good people. You want kids that are like, you, you don't mind being around them all, every day. And, you know, Nathan was one of those kids. So it's really happy to see him turn out to be the guy he is now and get that ticket to Eugene. I love that. Love that. Um, did you ever figure out on Tifers why your name was Jay Squeeze and why it got changed? <laughs> oh I, my God. I got it I have no clue. Honestly, I feel like, like I maybe, maybe heard one person call me that and I don't remember who it was. So, you know, whoever that's, I don't know. I feel like it might be some kid that was on the team with me, but I'm not sure. I didn't even, I never even checked my teethers and then someone brought it up in an interview or something. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I, I was actually doing some background research and I saw that on the interview. I had seen that and I'd forgotten about it. Do you know that it is back to Justin Knight now? Oh, it is. It is back to Justin Knight. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. They I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I, that's what I was saying. I was just like, now there's the like a whole population of people confused. So, whatever happened to this Jay Squeeze kid? <laughs> like, how did his career end up turning out? Like, I wonder what happened to him. There was so a kid. There was a kid just outside of my hometown. His actual real life name was Slam Dunkley. Um, yeah, <laughs> swear to God. Yeah, that's amazing. It was it was pretty great. Um, last few questions here. Speaking of basketball, you're a Toronto fan. How does it feel that my Sixers beat you in the first round? Oh man, we can end this interview now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, that was tough to watch. Listen, man, we're in a rebuild year and. I think going forward, like we have the right talent. We just, we need a Kawhi back. You yeah. Know? You, I, I don't know how you guys did so poorly the next round. Uh, <laughs> there were but, riots. Like it was, it was bad. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I won't make fun of you guys too much because, you know, the whole Ben Simmons thing, I felt for you guys on that. And listen, I'm in a group chat with uh, a kid named Kevin James, who also went to my school. It's from PA. Yeah. And Ernie, I think his last name is Petoni. Petoni. So Ernie and uh, Kevin and I both raced each other in high school. So. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I'm in a group chat with them and we just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth about that. Yeah, it's... um. I, I don't think I can say Ben Simmons slander on air right now. So <laughs> we'll talk it's, about that another time. Oh my God. Frustrating. Anyways, going to move <laughs> off of that. Um, also, and then finally, last actual question here. Um, I am also a, a massive Drake fan. What was your favorite track? Off certified lover boy or just, in yeah. Certified lover boy or, in, or in general. Lover- I, in general, I can't give you one certified lover boy That's though. Right. Hold on. Cause there's so many and I was actually playing it in the car today. It just depends what type of mood I'm in. I think um, if I'm into like my hype Drake mood, yeah. I think my favorite track off of this is. I'll give you three. Okay. So I got. Hype Drake. Let me see. I want to say, I want to say knife talk, but I feel like knife yeah. talk everybody likes. Like it's, okay, I'll give you, so if I'm in like, like my boohoo sad boy hours one. Right. Pipe down. That's a good oh, one. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. Um, if I'm in, I have like a whole playlist for this, but I have a playlist called Inspir, no, Reflective Drake. <laughs> and my song for that, which arguably could be my hype song too, is right. 7 a.m. in Bridal Path. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you like Race my mind is a good one too. So I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I like a lot of the, the cliche Drake stuff. Um, yeah. I like, I like, I like all Drake, like I'm wrong. I'll have, I like all the, the nuances and except for views, Drake, not really a big views. Drake. You didn't like views. I did not like views. No. Oh no. Listen, you got to come to Toronto, experience the city a little bit and then listen to views again. Uh, I feel like it was just it was made for t- the Toronto man, you know? More of life was everything that views should have been. Mm. Ah, well, this we could have a whole debate about. Yeah, I know. This... <laughs> um, so, okay, well, okay. How about this? Uh, certified lover boy. What's your official letter grade? Oh, I think it was an A. I think the only problem with Drake. I think the reason why I see it on your face that you're skeptical to give it an A. I think the time in which that he dropped certified lover boy was off and i think the way it was advertised didn't meet what it actually was i think if he if he dropped it in january february you know like those kind of sadder months you know it's a little bit gloomy okay it would have been amazing okay all right and final track question what's your favorite album oh don't do that to me (laughs) if i if i say you're going to the deserted island can i give you my top three in order yeah, I'll give you an order. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think number one, and you're going to hate me after you hear the third one, but I think number one is uh, Take Care. Oh, I like Take Care. Yeah. Number two, actually, <sighs> number two, number one and number two flip-flops for me, but okay. Um, the second one, Nothing Was the Same, would be yeah. one two for me. Mm-hmm. Third, you're going to kill me. Honestly, (laughs) 
it's either views or certified lover boy for me. Oh. <laughs> so here, here's the thing. I'm not going to like penalize you for that because I think it's what version of Drake do you like, right? Yeah. There's two, it's very two different versions. So I can appreciate that. I won't say I agree, but give me your three though. Give me your three. Um, um, it, what is it? Probably if if you're if you're reading I'm, this, I'm, it's too late. If you're reading this, it's too late. Is two more life is one, and then if you're reading this, it's too late. It was amazing. I, I know. Yeah, and it was uh, like nothing was the same. Was three. Yeah. See, yeah, nothing probably. was the same. I think that was probably the most consistent album. I agree. Like, all the way through, the songs didn't sound the same, but they all kind of were along the same rhythmic flow. You know what I mean? Well, that's kind of what I liked with More Life. It was very similar to that, like in that yeah. structure. So, were you? Um, so, did you? Sorry, I know you're. No, no, go ahead. Did you yeah. accept the UK, like the London rappers that he incorporated, like gigs and stuff, or were you like, what the hell is this? I kind of liked it at first it it the the magic wore off a little bit after yeah um but it was I wasn't like totally against it like some people were yeah I know some people hated it but me me and my brother like we were listening to UK rap a little bit before then so it wasn't it was pretty cool to see it and make it on the album but like we weren't like who the hell is this guy (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah and then and then scorpion was just too much to to consume at once it was just way too much so you should have broken uh, up into two albums uh yeah he definitely should have yeah. yeah and instead of it was just a conglomerate of just mass music so but i will yeah. say at that point in time in his career i would say that was probably one of the most heavily anticipated i think certified lover boy was the most heavily anticipated album but scorpion oh, i think was views wise yeah views a lot of people but i say this because the whole like you know the baby thing with scorpion yeah and then i think like people were expecting a like a ton of diss tracks on that and also sort of certified lover boy true very true but other than the diss stuff like views was definitely listen everybody knows this about me i stayed up like till three o'clock four o'clock in the morning pulling all night and this was before apple music existed or at least before i had apple music I had to go to the local grocery store to get an Apple iTunes card and then download it on my phone. So that was, uh, I would never do that again. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> at least I tell myself that. Uh, well, dude, it hasn't hurt your career at all. Um, you've been incredible both on the track and on this podcast. Uh, I sincerely appreciate you coming on, man. Um, final words, last open mic, anything. What, what do you want to say to the people? You know, um, <clears throat> I know this is for NCAA and it's for like the, the kids in high school because it's streamlined athletes. And I think the one message, not to get really serious about stuff, but the one yeah. message I'd encourage kids to kind of learn and understand is that, you know, the same way that you put your everything into your training, you know, you got to do that in school as well. And the reason why is because you don't want you could have a dream school that you want to go to and, you know, they just might not have scholarships for you. And maybe they offer you, you know, 80% scholarship and you, maybe you can't afford that, you know, extra 20%. And you don't want that to be the reason why you don't go to your dream school. So if you have good grades and you're capable of getting a scholarship and getting a 20% scholarship academically, 
that amounts to being a full scholarship and yet evidently get to go to the dream school that you wanted to go to in the first place. So I think, you know, keep working hard in track, but also like school is very important. And to take that just as seriously as track and it will help you a lot in the short run and also in the long run as well. So I think that's the most important message I want to share with kids. I, I absolutely love that. Um, wise um, off the track as well, fast on the track, Justin Knight. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, we super appreciate it and uh, best of luck moving forward. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you.